This evening, I would like to share with you from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. What we just read is a statement from the Apostle Paul. And he says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Apostle Paul is considered to be a saint of God. He had all the privileges in his life to boast himself as a man of God, as he exactly does here. If you can quickly go to Philippians chapter 3, verses 5 to 6. Philippians chapter 3, verses 5 to 6, where, he, where Paul writes about himself, and this is what exactly he says in Philippians chapter 3, 5 to 6. He says, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. He says, circumcised the eighth day. He obeyed the covenant of circumcision. And he says, of the stock of Israel, he was not a proselyte. He was not a convert into a Judaism. He was a born a native Israelite. And he says, I am of the tribe of Benjamin. You know, Benjamin was the father's favorite tribe. Tribe who was loyal to the temple of God along with the tribe of Judah. And here Paul says, I belong to that tribe, the tribe of Benjamin. And he also says, a Hebrew of Hebrews. That means he is an Israelite from both the sides, you know, by father and by mother, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. And he says, concerning the law, a Pharisee. He was brought up at the feet of Gamaliel, an eminent doctor of the law and a Jewish scholar. And as the verse 6 goes, concerning zeal persecuting the church. He was zealous for God. He looked, he looked upon those who don't follow the law. He looked upon them so low, and even he considered them as his own enemies. And word of God says, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. He could not be accused by anyone. You know, he was such a perfect man of God, a righteous, one of the Pharisees, and he was blameless, and he was a Hebrew, a native Israelite. So even in the days of Lord Jesus Christ, 
The Pharisees were always, always against Lord Jesus Christ. You know, they looked every opportunity to blame Lord Jesus Christ. And even they tried their level best to destroy him. And here we read about a man who was a Pharisee. In Matthew chapter 12 verse 14 says, Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against Jesus how they might destroy him. Always the Pharisees and Sadducees, they couldn't understand Lord Jesus Christ. They looked at him as a pure man, but then they didn't realize that he is also God. On another occasion, the Jews were trying to stone him to death. When Jesus asked him for the reason why they are angry at him, why they are trying to stone him to death, you know, this is what exactly said. They said, because of your blasphemy. And because you being a man, you are making yourself God. You know, that's the reason the Pharisees and Sadducees, they were always against Lord Jesus Christ. And here we are talking about a man who was a Pharisee. Paul, he was also known as Saul. He was also responsible for the death of the first martyr by name Stephen. He was one of the fellow followers of Lord Jesus Christ. Stephen was stoned to death and, you know, by the Pharisees and Sadducees and the teachers of law and by the proconsul. And you know, as Stephen was preaching the word of God, the Pharisees, they couldn't stand the way Stephen was preaching the word of God. And they decided to stone Stephen to death. And Saul was one of the responsible men for Stephen's death. You know, God couldn't delay it anymore to deal with this man by name Saul. Sooner something, you know, something is going to happen in his life. And that is going to change his life. And as we know, in the book of Acts, chapter 9 records the conversion that took place in the life of Saul. Saul went to the high priest and he got letters to the synagogue in Damascus so that he can destroy those who follow Lord Jesus Christ. And word of God says, on his way to Damascus. Let's turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 9, verses 3 to 6. Acts chapter 9, verses 3 to 6. I would like to read that for you. Acts chapter 9, verse 3. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus. You know, as he was receiving letter from the high priest to go and destroy those who follow Lord Jesus Christ. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. And word of God says, then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. Verse 6, So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Here we see a miraculous encounter of Saul with our Lord Jesus Christ. He knew about Lord Jesus Christ, but never ever he would have imagined that he will have such a terrible or such a kind of encounter, supernatural encounter with Lord Jesus Christ. He never ever imagined. 
And at that moment, the word of God says, Saul gave his life to Lord Jesus Christ. A Pharisee born in a traditional Judaism, the one who was found righteous and perfect according to the law, a man who was zealous for the temple of God, one who is considered blameless by the society. If such a perfect man was in need of Lord Jesus Christ, where do you and I stand today? You know, if I look into my life, probably I may not be able to compare my life with such a thing that word of God is talking about, Saul. He was such a righteous man. He was found perfect in everything. Even people couldn't blame at him because he was a perfect man. He followed the law. There are 600, 600 and odd laws in the book of God, in the word of God. And word of God says he followed all the laws strictly. Probably none of us can do it. I cannot do it by myself today. But Saul did everything accordingly. If such a man was missing Christ in his life, and how much more Jesus is needed today in your life and in my life. And that's the reason Paul is saying, you know, some later point of time in his life, he says, as we read in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 15, this is a faithful saying. It is a true saying and worthy of all acceptance. I don't think anyone can reject it because it is worthy of all acceptance. I have experienced that in my life and there are witnesses around me. They have seen what really happened to me. Word of God says when Saul was hit by the light and when he fell down and gave his life to Jesus Christ, he was blindfolded for three days. And there are witnesses around him. Nobody can deny that. And so Paul says now, it is a faithful saying and it is worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And he didn't stop there and he says, of whom I am the chief sinner. I am the chief sinner. When Paul says, Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners of whom I am chief, it shows his humility. He shows that he is humbling himself, saying that I am a sinner. You know, today not many wants to admit that. Even I don't want to admit that. Even if I would have done some sin, probably it is hidden. I don't want to admit that in front of everybody and say that I have made that mistake. I have committed that sin. Nobody wants to do it. And here we see the man of God, saw Paul, is now saying that I am the chief sinner. Paul is saying, if Christ can save a sinner like me, he can certainly do it for you. He can certainly do it for you. You know, it is true that when Paul, what Paul committed, I would say it was a first degree murder. He went into the houses and he went into the churches. He dragged men and women out of them, out of the houses and out of the churches and he murdered them. I would say it's a first degree murder because according to the current law of justice, it was a planned and it was a deliberate attack on someone. So it is a first degree murder. He was a murderer, no doubt about it. And he was the chief of the sinners, there is no doubt about it. But if the chief of the sinners can be turned into a chief of saints, you know how much Christ Jesus can do today to you and me. That's what exactly Jesus did in the life of Paul. He just wiped away everything that he has gone through, he had gone through in his life, 
and he gave him a new life. Word of God says, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. He is a new creation. You know, our Lord, when he came down to this world to die for you and me, not only he gave his life for us, not only he shed his blood on the cross, he also forgives us. The blood that he shed at the cross today forgives us. Because in those days when before Jesus Christ came to this world, every week they need to take an animal to be sacrificed in the temple of God. And as they sacrifice the animal, as the blood of the animal is shed on the ground, that's where the forgiveness of sin came to people. But today, once Jesus gave his life as an eternal sacrifice, the, the most high sacrifice, he gave his own life and he shed his own blood at the cross, there is no more killing of animals required because a human died already for human like you and me. That's where the forgiveness of sin comes from. That's where the remission of sin comes from. And if God can save a sinner like Paul, today he can do it for me. He can do it for all of us. He can do it for all our families. Even he can do it for our community because his blood is more than sufficient today to forgive our sins. I would like to close with this illustration. One day a criminal who was sentenced with the death penalty was roaming here and there inside his prison cell because he had no peace of mind. He knew that he is committed to death. That time, a minister of God, he came nearby the prison cell and he handed over a New Testament to him. And with all the frustration that he's going through in his life, he just received the New Testament and he just threw it in the prison cell and the New Testament was thrown into the corner of that prison cell. On that night, this man had a dream. In that dream, he saw his mother, who passed away years ago, now standing in a glorious place. The whole place is illuminated, and he, she's so bright, and she is smiling at him. And the moment he realized that his mother is calling him, he started running towards his mother. But there came a huge mountain, which was preventing him from reaching his mother. And he was trying his level best to reach his mother. It's all happening in the dream. But he couldn't move forward because there is a huge mountain which came. He hit his forehead on the mountain and he was crying. No, I need my mother. I need to go, my, go to my mother. And he looked, out the, looked at the mountain and he realized the mountain is built with all the sins that he has committed in his life. And, excuse me, as he, he was observing this mountain, suddenly a drop of blood came from heaven and fell on this mountain. The moment the blood drop fell on this mountain, the mountain was completely dissolved. And he just woke up with a little bit of disappointment that he couldn't reach his mother and he realized that it was a dream. And with that great disappointment, he just got up. And his eyes straight fell on the New Testament, which was thrown at the corner of the prison cell. With haste, he went and picked up the New Testament. 
And the scripture, 1 John 1, 7, got his attention. And the scripture says, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all our sins. He knelt down and he confessed all his sins and he realized the peace of God filling his heart. And that moment, he gave his life to Lord Jesus Christ. Christ came to this world to save a sinner like you and me. All that he is asking this evening, he's asking us to call upon his name. He is asking us not to throw him aside, but to accept him, but to receive him into our hearts, into our lives. And as Debbie was mentioning while leading the worship, God has made eternal homes for us. This life is not a permanent life. The life we have on this earth, it's going to fade away one day, sooner or later. How much of our plans we make to live on this earth, it will materialize for a moment. And once we are gone, we don't know where we are going unless we planned our lives in Christ. It is so essential today for you and me to root our lives in Christ Jesus. We need to find that shelter and the protection and the safety that you and I can find in Lord Jesus Christ. And this evening, God is calling us. God is asking us, my daughter, my son, can you give your life to me? And I will make sure you will have peace and you will have joy as we live on this earth. And when we leave this home, earth, you will have eternal homes receiving you into eternity.